the internet seems to be having a bit of a trousered TP owing to yet another stupendous game-changing achievement by the techno-king of Tesla himself, Elon Musk, who took a rare break from eviscerating Twitter recently to single-handedly orchestrate the delivery of a box of Frito-Lay crisps all the way out in Nevada with a Tesla Semi only three years later. That's pretty good for them. Dude, he's not the messiah in my view. He's just the P.T. Barnum of our time. And frankly, as far as I can see, many of his claims just don't add up. Details next. I'm John Logan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Straight only website card. Tesla Semi hits the road. Yes. Only three years late, which is bang on punctual for them when you think about it. Elon Musk in the news all over, which is exactly where he wants to be because, you know, busily, apparently massaging the facts into shape so that reality looks even better. Apropos of his achievement. Plus, we'll also deal with the comments, the critical feedback, the constructive intent of someone just like you, only, believe it or not, even more impossibly engaged in just a sec. This video brought to you by manscaped.com. Christmas came early this year here in the Fat Cave. Check out the new performance package by Manscaped, something for which your jingle balls will be eternally grateful. Manscaped here with the world's first all-in-one men's grooming kit featuring head-to-toe coverage. Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof cordless trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology, inbuilt LED light, waterproof and totally shower friendly. I've been doing my head and beard, etc. with the lawnmower for months now. It takes just a couple of minutes and I don't have to make small talk with a barber. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. A vertically integrated men's grooming solution. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer I had no idea I needed this so bad. It's just the balder I got, the better I got at growing ear and nose hair. Thanks a lot, nature. Anyway, problem now solved. Manscaped, of course, not just for overall below-the-belt tidiness. They now have you covered head-to-toe with a new and improved Shears 2.0 six-piece stainless steel nail kit. If you're a dude, you need to add Manscaped to your repertoire. And if you've got that special dude in your life, and provided he's been extra good this year, you might want to have a word with Santa. Doubtless Santa's people and Manscapes can whip up a tasty performance package for under the tree just in time. For a limited time, you'll also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Box of Briefs. We're talking gifts on top of gifts now. It's Gift Inception, which pretty much makes you a dead set legend this Christmas. Go to manscaped.com slash autoexpert now and use my promo code AEJC to get 20% off plus free international shipping and two free gifts. That's two free gifts, 20% off and free shipping using the promo code AEJC at manscaped.com slash autoexpert. Your balls 
will thank you. Now, let us hear from you, and by you, I mean Roger Moore. <coughs> I hope I didn't mangle that too badly, Roger. One never knows. Roger says, I expect John the Bogan. I think he means me. I expect John the Bogan will go quiet on the subject of the semi rather than admit that he was dead wrong. He's now been run over by the reality of the semi with a 500 mile range and 36 ton payload. <sighs> Roger, Roger, Roger. It's not 36 tons of payload, dude. It's 36.7 tons of all up truck. It's the gross vehicle mass. It's tractor trailers in America, which we would call semis here in Australia. Like, that's probably confusing, isn't it? Sort for semi-trailer, obviously. Over there, 36.7 tonnes. It's kind of how they roll maxed out. And as we'll get to in a minute, you don't get paid for delivering the whole truck. You only get paid for the payload. The rest of the truck, you, the prime mover, what the payload sits on, it's all along for the ride, dude. You only get paid for delivering the load. So there's kind of that. And here, the semi is an epic fail. Anyway, Mr. Musk on the semi. It's the, quote, most badass rig on the road. He loves sounding in touch, doesn't he? And yet failing so spectacularly every time, seemingly. Tesla's website on the semi, badass performance, unquote. They really are a bit ass fixated, aren't they, over there at Tesla? I don't know why. Anyway, truck operators don't care about badass performance. They care about the payload, the cost of operation, and the time it takes to get from A to B. And on this, this is one of the most economically rational driven industries on the planet. Everybody is fiercely competitive and discounting themselves out of business from time to time. So there's that. And the facts appear to be that the Tesla Semi, which is three years late, well done, Mr. Consistency, it did 500 miles recently operating at a GVM maxed out for America at 36.7 tonnes. So that's the fact, right? But Tesla did not actually say, they very cleverly omitted this detail. And of course, all the media in America and elsewhere, pretty much too dog shit dumb to point this out. They did not say what the empty weight of the truck was. And that's kind of critical. So we're gonna reverse engineer that now, if you don't mind. What they actually did was, deliver the first semi to PepsiCo. And PepsiCo loaded it up with a payload from Frito-Lay, which is one of its subsidiaries, and they drove it to the Tesla launch event in Nevada, which was 500 miles or 804Ks in America. So let's get into the facts here. Because I'm big on the facts. Tesla says two kilowatt hours per mile was the energy consumption of the first semi on that landmark Frito-Lay deposit run, okay? Two kilowatt hours per mile times 500 miles. I hope this isn't doing anyone's head in at this point. What does that mean? 
It means that's how big the battery was. Tesla actually says less than two kilowatt hours per mile. That's like saying I'm less than 100 kilos when you're 99.7. So let's assume it's two kilowatt hours per mile. That's a thousand kilowatt hours of energy storage in the battery. You could also think of that as one megawatt hour of energy. That's a freaking big battery, okay? Like it's roughly four times bigger than the ridiculous battery in the electric Hummer. And when you look at a more conventional car like a Kia EV6 or a Hyundai Ioniq 5, their battery packs are 77.4 kilowatt hours. So what's that, about 12 times bigger than that. So that's a hell of a big battery. And the size of the battery really does matter here. So lithium ion is a game changer for batteries. And this is why we saw an explosion in the effectiveness of power tools and portable electronic devices, smartphones and whatnot, because the energy density is so good. And unfortunately, in automotive applications, you have to build other features into the lithium ion battery architecture, such as a big strong metal box to contain it all because it might crash one day. And it also has to hold a cooling system so that you don't invoke a catastrophic thermal runaway while you recharge it just a little bit quickly one day. So it has to have features like that. And what we're really looking at, and you can verify this independently in a whole bunch of academic papers or whatever, but we're really talking about 180 to 200 kilowatt hours per tonne for the battery. And why does this matter? But just bookmark that at about 200 kilowatt hours per tonne. Because if you've got a megawatt hour of battery capacity and it's 200 kilowatt hours per tonne, maybe 180. We really did max out the VFX budget on this one, I'll have you know. It means the battery weight is going to be five metric tons or 5.6. It's five metric tons at 200 and it's 5.6 at 180 kilowatt hours per ton. Okay. It's got to be in that ballpark because that's where the technology is. And despite what he says all the time, the Messiah does not have access to any bespoke miraculous new technology. He's working with the same periodic table of elements as the rest of us and subject to all of the same constraints about cooling and packaging and things of that nature. Got to optimise the chemistry for different features such as longevity and stability and things like that. Okay, so it's 5 to 5.6 tonnes of battery. And if you're just thinking about that like numbers, let's look at it like this. Five tons is two and a half Hiluxes on a truck. 5.6 tons is near enough three Hiluxes on a truck. Ballpark, okay? So obviously if you put an extra two and a half to three Hiluxes on the back of your fucking truck, then that's five to 5.6 tons of mass that you can't additionally carry as payload, isn't it? And that's kind of a problem when you think about it. <clears throat> so let's think about that now. In Australia, our trucks are similar but slightly bigger. And this is principally because in America, a truck is an 18-wheeler, like a semi-trailer, tractor-trailer, 18-wheelers. 
Here we do 22, we got an extra axle. The extra axle means you can carry more load because the axle, the load per axle is more or less fixed and we get one more axle, so there's that. But we're 42 and a half tons GVM for a semi-trailer, not a Tesla semi, but a semi-trailer, like a tractor trailer. And of that, typically, it varies a little bit, but 26 odd sort of tons in the ballpark, that's gonna be the payload, and the rest of it, 16 tons, or so is gonna be the truck. And our trucks, configured like this, tend to be about 15% heavier than in America because of that extra axle and the fact that they can just carry more. And we're talking about single trailer, not B double, okay? In America, this is where the 36.7 comes from. That's the GVM of that kind of truck in America, okay? And that means about 23 tonnes for the payload and the balance for the truck. 14 tonnes in this case, ish, for the truck. That's how this works, okay? And then let's think about the semi with its two to two and a half additional Hiluxes in the form of a battery just jammed in there somewhere and conveniently not mentioned by the Messiah in all of this hoopla concerning we've done it, we've solved the heavy trucking problem, which is emphatic bullshit in my view. So let's look at that, okay? Let's not look at it upside down though. Internal combustion, American truck on the left there, the gross vehicle mass of both internal combustion and Tesla, 36.7, okay? The payload, 23 for the combustion truck. The payload, about five tons less because, hey, it's a zero-sum game. So the payload's about 18 tons in the case of the Tesla Semi. In the case of the conventional truck, the truck is about 14 tons. And that means in the case of the Tesla Semi, the truck has to be about 19. And you think, ah, oh, that's, maybe that's not so bad. Maybe that's okay. The payload for the combustion truck is 62% of the total mass. So that's quite efficient when you're moving the whole thing from A to B, but only getting paid for the payload. That means you're getting paid for 62% of the shit that you're moving around. So yay, payload, okay? 49% in the case of the Tesla Semi. Now, do not be fooled into thinking that this is a reduction of only 13%, because in terms of the proportional reduction here, it's 21% worse in terms of its payload efficiency, in terms of the fundamental thing that a truck gets paid to do, which is deliver the freaking payload, that semi has to be 21% worse. So riddle me that, Batman, in the context of this being such a freaking success, because, dude, I'm not seeing it. Now, furthermore, Tesla goes, quote, you can recoup 70% of the range in just 30 minutes, this is a quote, using a semi-charger, like a bespoke Tesla semi-charger, which they claim is one megawatt, like a million watts, thousand kilowatts of charging. That's a lot of electricity. And just to really max out the VFX budget here, okay, 70% of the range, the range is 500 miles. 70% of the range is therefore 350 miles because seven fives are 35 and add the zeros in, right? 
at two kilowatt hours per mile. So just think about that and draw some sort of logical friggin' conclusion on that, dude. What does that actually mean? It means that if the battery is 1,000 kilowatt hours and you're putting in 1,000 kilowatts, like a megawatt of charge, and you're doing it for half an hour, that's 500 kilowatt hours. So how can it possibly be 70% of charge in half an hour? Like the numbers do not add up. Something is wrong with the claim there. I don't know what it is, but something is just fundamentally not adding up. And not by a bee's dick, right? It's a substantial error in some way. And it's not an error of my computation. It's an error in the claim somewhere. So... Think about the average roadside stop. You've seen them all over the place, right? You're at Pheasant's Nest or something, or you know, you're driving down the Hume Highway from Sydney to Melbourne, or Melbourne to Sydney, or Sydney to Brisbane, or vice versa. There's trucks stopped everywhere at refueling stations, and they all stop for fuel. So let's say we have a station full of these semi-chargers and the capacity to recharge, say, 10 trucks, okay? That seems reasonable. You need 10 megawatts of electricity to run those charges contemporaneously. If you've got enough charging capacity for 20 trucks like this, you need 20 megawatts. Just scale it up, do the maths, dude. And it doesn't have to be out there in the boonies, which might not be the best application for this device. It could easily be in the city, because if you're PepsiCo and you've got a large distribution facility outside LA, and then... You'd, it, it would pay you to install the chargers at your logistics facility so that they can be plugged in. Only takes half an hour, after all. So that they can be plugged in while they're being loaded up. Makes sense, right? So if you do that, where's the 20 megawatts of electricity going to come from in the street? Because I'm not seeing it. I'm driving around industrial areas and I'm just not seeing the grid coping with too many 20 megawatt extra demand installations. So that's going to be something of a challenge as well, don't you think? Now, 500 miles sounds so impressive. It's about 800 k's, dude, because one mile is 1.6 kilometres. Multiply by 1.6, it's 804 if you do it precisely, but let's say about 800. In terms of long-haul practicality, the most trafficked long-haul truck route in Australia has to be between Sydney and Melbourne, 879 kilometres. So you pack a truck with Frito-Lays, missed it by a significant enough margin to impact on the productivity of that particular run, I'd suggest. Sydney at Brisbane, also very popular. Do you want... popular and popular. Do you want to guess how far it is to drive on a road between Sydney and Brisbane by the most direct route, the Pacific Highway? Well, that doesn't add up that favourably either then, does it? Because being 100 k's short is really quite unhelpful. And I'd suggest that this is just another BS marketing exercise from the king of bullshit marketing. It really is. If you think the semi is a viable alternative, like here's what we should do, okay? We should just change 
one of the variables and redo the launch as a thought experiment. And we could imagine the launch of a purportedly revolutionary new truck, okay? We'll just take the powertrain out of it. We'll get the press and we'll get a whole bunch of truck operators, logistic operators like that. We'll pack a stadium with all of them and we'll say, we've got this miraculous new truck. It's so friggin' badass. The only problem is 21% reduction in payload efficiency, but it looks the tits. You could hear a pin drop in the stadium, right? I'd be hearing crickets. I'd be, you know, just click the button now to be first in the queue to order one. And I'm tipping none of those buttons would have fingerprints or DNA on them at the end of the launch. This is the worst kind of greenwashing crap. What this Tesla exercise proves to me is that battery-powered trucks are so impossibly niche that they are so far from being a mainstream alternative to diesel that it's just not funny. The, the thing for trucks, obviously, is hydrogen. And the huge impediment there is infrastructure. So if you want to replace diesel trucks with something that's better for the environment to the extent that batteries are better for the environment anyway, if you want to do that, hydrogen makes more sense. But we've there got the infrastructure challenge from hell. It's going to be three to five decades before we could reasonably deploy hydrogen infrastructure in a meaningful way to make long-haul trucking using hydrogen viable in Australia. And EJ has just proven that battery trucks will not work in this context. So I'm not seeing any of our politicians talk about how we get long-haul trucking out of being locked into diesel. And if you've got any ideas there, I'd be thrilled to hear them. But just bear in mind that if you are one of the cult members at the Church of Tesla, the Scientology of greenwashing, whatever, then I'm not really interested in hearing from you because you're divorced from the facts by definition. The Tesla Semi is late and it's a joke. But aside from that, fantastic. So over to you, because I'm not seeing it and I could use some help here. How do we make this work? Let me know in the comments below.